Welcome back to another episode of Sips with the Tips, a podcast about savouring the sip, whether that's coffee, cocktails, whiskey, wine or whatever. My name's Nikki. I'm Daniel. And we are the Tips. Back from a, a, a week-long hiatus, it feels like fucking ages since we've last done an episode. But re- in reality, it's like we only skipped one week, really, didn't we? Yeah, we just took a few wee days off. We were had a, quite a busy weekend last week, and fitting in a podcast in amongst that was proving to be a, a little bit difficult. Do you want to run us through last weekend, Nick? What did we get up to, and why did we do it? Well, it ended up being a bit of a double birthday extravaganza because on Friday we did your belated birthday present because we had yeah. the flu for your birthday. Mm. So we went on a wee boat trip uh, from Havelock round uh, the Polaris Sounds. Over in Marlborough in New Zealand. It was gorgeous. Stunning gorge. part of the world. Absolutely phenomenal day out. Saw some dolphins, saw some pigs, saw some dogs, saw some chickens, saw some goats. <laughs> Lots of nature. Real wildlife tour, wasn't it? And what I loved about the dolphins too is, uh, so we're in a boat with uh, the mail boat, Polaris mail boat, shout out to them. Uh, I think there was, what, 20 people roughly? Oh, less. We, we were the only ones that saw the dolphins. We were on the top deck at the right time, looked down, dolphins. Hey guys, look, dolphins. No, they missed it. You say we, us. I spotted you them. You spotted them. A couple of highlights from that though. Uh, had a beer, didn't we? Oh yeah, we'd not really been drinking beer for a no, while. we took a month-long hiatus from drinking beer and decided to break that drought on the boat. Got the probably cheapest, arguably one of the crappiest beers in New Zealand. Um, it wasn't cheap on the boat, That's what you. I was about to say. I was like, very expensive but beer. A, but a cheeky bottle of Spates, which, you know, can't go wrong with in the right conditions. And safe to say these were the right conditions. Oh, it hit hard. Oh, like, a, a Spates has never tasted so good. Mm. Two best times to have a Spates, eh? Like, post-run and like post like a long week at work or something. It just, on a sunny day, it just hits so hard. Or on a sunny day on a mailboat. Yeah. Oof. So that was Friday. Saturday was your actual birthday and we had planned a big day out didn't end up doing really any of it though did we but one thing we did do was quite fun went and saw a winery yeah we went to a tiny winery actually called Flaxmoor yeah uh, which was really really good they only do um four types of wine Mm. and they had a little calling it a cellar door is a bit too elaborate it's a cellar door yeah it's a cellar door stroke tasting room yeah but definitely a tasting room as opposed to yeah stroke art gallery but it was really, really good. We mm. really enjoyed it, and we ended up coming away with quite a few bottles. Yeah, so that's based in Upper Mutari, which is just outside of Nelson, so like quite local to us. It's one I'd never heard of before. Just went looking for a small kind of artisan sort of winery to go to. The weather was absolutely trash, but because we are in this big tin shed, it was quite atmospheric. Oh, very atmospheric. Pretty cold in there, but the wine was phenomenal. What did we try? We had a uh, uh, rosé, a gris. Chardonnay and a Pinot Noir and a Noir and we ended up getting some of the Rosé Chardonnay and Noir so yeah, three really of the good. four probably would have got the Gris but just didn't really need it. it's winter time right now so yeah really dynamite stuff they're doing there and Stuart the guy who was taking us through it who actually owns it was mm. so lovely and it's a lot of the, the paintings and pictures up around in the gallery were like his as well yeah. and yeah it was really uh, cute we'll be back in the summertime for sure and then Sunday we did the other half of your birthday day out we went over to Takaka Golden Bay, um, hour and a half from Nelson, and went somewhere that we've been meaning to go for the whole time we've lived here. Muscle in, yeah, yeah, it was really good. It's kind of a wee bit of a, a it's a bit of a hippie hot spot, um, but they do phenomenal beers. I um, loved it. Probably one of my favourite beers, actually, generally, to be honest, is their Captain Cooker, which is a beer with manuka in it. I'm assuming manuka 
botanical, not honey. Yeah, it's, yeah. Remember we checked that. It's yeah. botanical, and it's but just it's also so got a big good. pig on the label, which oh. I love because it's called Captain Cooker. That's so good. So yeah, action-packed weekend, and yeah, fitting in a podcast around that was just proving to be a bit of a non-event. Um, one other thing that we got up to that I suppose has some relevance to the podcast is um, you've started a wee DIY brew project. Oh yeah, well we've got. Um, Luckily, we are lucky enough to have a few citrus trees in the garden and mm. our lemon tree is absolutely booming at the minute. So decided to try to make some limoncello. So that is aging in the cupboard currently. Yeah. Hopefully it's not shite. That'll probably be the basis of an episode in, I don't know, a couple of weeks time it'll be ready. It should be ready in another week and a bit. And then it's got to go down freezer temperature. I'm so curious as to how it's going to turn out. It smells phenomenal, but... Like it's lemon and vodka, effectively. And how sugar can, syrup. And sugar. How can it not? So, yeah, we'll report back on that one soon. Let's move on to today's episode. Today's Sunday sip. We have, again, following the um, the garden kind of thing. So we're in a rental property, and we were very lucky to find a rental property that had a pre-established garden, and it is absolutely booming at the minute. We've got a lemon tree that's covered in fruit. We've got an orange tree covered in fruit and we've put in a whole herb garden that's just teeming with herbs at the moment. Mm. So we are ripe with garnishes at the moment and we thought, you know what? Let's bloody have a gin with some fresh garnish. So we're going to do that today. We've gone with a gin that I think is one of my, probably my favourites, hence why we've got a bottle of it in the cupboard, I suppose. Um, it's from a distillery that is probably better known for their whiskey, but mm. their uh, gin is equally as dynamite. Today's Sunday sip, Nikki? It is the Botanist. So that comes from Brookladdy Distillery on Isla, as Daniel said, and it is bottled at 46%. The Botanist is a combination of nine classic gin botanicals, along with 22 locally sourced herbs and flowers, which makes this gin a true exploration of the botanical heritage of Isla. What to sell yeah it's a bloody good one too so we'll get into that soon and that's going to lead us into today's topic which is uh, about the best gifts to buy someone who likes to savor the sip now we know that gifts can sometimes be a bit of a struggle you know whether it's for a birthday a anniversary a wedding present christmas whatever it is but if you've got someone in your family that likes a wee coffee or or a whiskey or a wine or just likes the flavor of things really or the experience of things buying gifts can be such an easy thing for them. So we're going to cover off a few ideas of that today, obviously following on from both having had a birthday and, well, having had birthday celebrations in the last couple of weeks. We thought, you know what, it's a bloody good topic, that. So we're going to cover that off. We've got some news too. Planning permission has just been granted for a further Isla distillery. A behavioural scientist has been sharing how restaurants can use music to influence your drinking, and you could soon own an apartment in the Guinness Brewery. Very exciting stuff, that. So that's in the booze and brews news a little bit later in the episode. We've also got some feedback from a previous episode to share. Uh, Admittedly, it is all family-based feedback, but you know what? Feedback is feedback. A couple episodes ago, we talked in the news about uh, TikTok trends influencing drinking, right? And I think the example you had was about people were putting jalapenos Jalapenos in rosé. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we had a wee discussion about that, and I brought up uh, the TikTok trends I've seen, which is um, espresso and orange juice being a big trend this summer. Yeah. Both your sisters tried these things. What did they think? Yeah, so Rachel tried uh, jalapenos in your rosé. She really enjoyed that, actually. So it was quite interesting. Did it bring some spice to it? And a wee bit of sweetness. Brings out the sweetness in Ah. the the jalapeno a little bit more. Uh, And my little sister, Ali, had an espresso and orange. And she said it was quite weird. Yeah. She, she didn't vibe with it. I keep seeing that one. I think just because and I watch And she loves her. an espresso tonic, but she said espresso and orange was like 
quite an acquired taste. Yeah, I, I watch quite a lot of coffee-related stuff. Do online. you? So, I didn't so, know. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd be seeing a lot of videos of people like brewing espresso shots directly through a slice of orange and all this kind of stuff. I, I just can't get on board with it. Eh? I tried. I didn't try it with orange juice, but I tried an espresso and tonic with orange in it. Um, oh, just a just slice, a slice of orange right. out of the garden. Didn't rate it. I don't know. Maybe I'm quite a purist. I quite like the taste of coffee as coffee is, and mixing it with stuff, it just I don't know detracts from me. But look, I can understand there's a market. I think if you for added it. some sugar syrup, I'd maybe be into it. Yeah, maybe we'll but try then it. Maybe it's not taste like maybe coffee. it needs to be on a hot day too. Uh, True. Yeah. So let's we'll try that one in the summer. But yeah, espresso tonic orange didn't really rate it. Hopefully, we are going to like this more. Our Sunday sip. We'll be back shortly with a wee gin freshly garnished from the garden. Okay, we're back at the table. We've got two gin and tonics in front of us. Nikki, these look wonderful. What have you What have you put together here? Why, thank you. So we have our serving of the botanist, and mm-hmm. we've got some East Imperial tonic with that. I've gone for a big fat boy round ice cube. <laughs> I love them. And a fresh orange twist from mm. the garden. I yep. even went out in the rain to get the orange, so it was very fresh. Right off the tree, about as fresh as you can get. Looks stunning. We'll come back to that shortly. Want to talk about presentation first, and I suppose the logical starting point is with our wee miniature bottle of the botanist. We've got a 200ml. Um, can't remember why we have a small bottle of it, but we do. What can we say about this bottle? First off, the 200ml, so cute. Mm. Like I love it when um, bottles like keep the same style for their full size in their miniature form. Oh, I yeah. think it's so cute. Yeah, it I love really it. Good. So this bottle, it's it's pretty plain, really. Like it's not the bottle itself doesn't really have many the shape and everything is pretty pretty standard. standard. Yeah. But what they've done here, if you haven't seen this bottle before, is they've put all the Latin names of their botanicals along the side of the bottle. Uh, the, sorry, the front and the back of the bottle. So it's got this, you look at it and you see a whole heap of letters and then you look a bit closer and you say, okay, that's all Latin. Looks really sharp, eh? I love as well the angle of the shoulders matches the angle of the base coming in at the bottom. So it's just like super symmetrical. Mm. I enjoy that quite a lot. I, and then along the neck, they just have like some really simple little like drawings of some of the botanicals, which I think is nice. Yeah. So we're probably going to do our episode um, next week on our favorite packaging for like whiskey and gin and, and other drinks. Uh, I, I say that now just to hold us accountable because that's one we keep talking about doing. But this one here, I would say the Botanist Gin, their bottle, would definitely be in my top five of oh, bottle Oh yeah, it's designs. really slick. It stands out so well on a shelf, on a bar. And I don't know if you've seen, they have... Um, they do like glassware with the same style. So they do tumblers and stuff with the same Latin phrases down Love the side that. of it. Looks really sharp. So that's the botanist bottle. Love how it looks. We'll come back to that probably in another week, I would say, because just, yeah, enamored with that one. Let's move on to the drink. We've got a nice wee glass that it's in. Kmart's finest. <laughs> Are these Kmart? Yeah, they're Kmart. Yeah, they look sharp. Yeah, well don't done. they? Yeah, not bad. Well done, Kmart. Good on you for cheap shit um let's move on straight to the aroma i suppose cheers what are we smelling on this um apart from orange (laughs) you go ahead what are we smelling so again we've got our botanist gin we've got some just standard tonic we've got an ice cube and we've got our slice of orange i imagine that's what's going to dominate but what do you got on the nose I mean, orange, 100%. As I mentioned, it's super fresh from the tree, so it's it's overpowering. In a yeah. nice way, though. Yeah. 
I concur. I get nothing other than fresh orange that really dominates, which is not necessarily a bad thing on the nose. Smells quite refreshing, doesn't it? I feel like there's a little tiny, tiny bit of wood. You, you know there's gin in there, right? You can smell some of those botanicals. The juniper sticks out. I imagine probably some other things. Yeah. Nah, it's, but, I it's mean, nice. But, I mean, you know, when you're tasting, it's, it's when orange. you've already made the serve. All right, so let's just move straight on. I'm not getting past the orange. Let's just see how it tastes and report back. Slancher. Yummy. Pleasingly, the orange doesn't come through quite as strong on the palate as it does on the nose. It's no. actually quite subtle in the glass, and you can really get a taste for the gin. It's nice and floral. Cinnamon is all mm. I'm getting. It's quite, yeah, it's botanical. Like spicy. It's fresh. Yeah. yeah. It's got that <laughs> kind of bang on a wee bit about Isla, but it does have that kind of marine sort of influence, you know mm. what I mean? It's slightly salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, floral, refreshing, uh, citrusy, beautiful. It's it's exactly what you want from a gin and tonic. Admittedly, it's not a great day weather-wise here, but uh, you know, on a nice day, sat outside in the sun, pair of sunnies on, taps F, that would hit the spot quite well. Yeah, it's exactly what you want from a gin and tonic. Okay, so what are botanists telling us that we should be tasting with that? Do they have tasting notes, or is it more just about what's gone into it? It's more about what's gone into it, I think, rather than notes. Potentially, you could find notes, but mm. their website is under maintenance at the moment. Also, I find that a lot of the, the gin distilleries, they tend to tell you, here's how you should serve it, not necessarily how you should taste it. And obviously, depending on how you serve it, influences how it's going to taste, right? You know, you garnish it with an orange peel, you're going to get citrus notes. You garnish it with rosemary or thyme or whatever, you're going to get herby notes. So well, it's the, also the, like a lot of gin drinkers aren't tending to do a gin tasting the same way you do a whiskey tasting. Well, you're not you know, you're, not, you're not having it neat. You, right. you create a serve. Okay. So I thought it would be more helpful to go through the list of botanicals that is in there. As right. I mentioned earlier, there's 31 in total with 22 oh. native to Isla. Mm -hmm. You can take them off and see if you, yeah. you picked so up some any of these, tasting. Some of these will be essential for just gin, right? So first of all, gin has to have juniper in it. So that's obviously going to be one of them. That's so the only essential. That off. That's the only essential. And then there's going to be others that are standard to gin and then 22 of them that have specific specifically plucked out yeah. from Isla. That's pretty cool. So juniper, obviously, mm -hmm. angelica root, cassia bark, coriander seed, orris root, cinnamon, licorice, elderflowers, orange peel, lemon balm, lemon peel, thyme, wood sage, chamomile, gorse flowers, hawthorn flowers, creeping thistle flowers, ladies' bed straw flowers, heather flowers, white clover, Red clover, birch leaves, sweet sisley, sisley, bog myrtle, tansy, meadow sweet, mugwort, apple mint, peppermint, and watermint. That's quite a collection there. I tell you what, I'm always envious of is the guys and and women whose job it is to go and forage the native botanicals. Oh my god, I'd love to like do that. that. Would be so rewarding. You're like, right, what am I doing today? Oh, cool. I'm gonna go get you know two satchels full of heather flowers, and then you just go up in the bush and just find some good florals for the uh, for the gin. How what mindful? How mindful? Oh, oh, it'd be a mint job. And I feel like actually quite a few of those do come through quite well. Like we, we got the citrus, we got some of the herbiness, we got, yeah, some you got cinnamon quite well, so well done spotting that. I think it tastes like it does have a good range of botanicals in there. And now that I'm reading it, I'm like, ooh, I can actually get licorice. Yeah, I mean, that's always a bit of a... Plants it in your head, yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Right, but I think, yeah, all in all, bloody good. 
So the reason that we've gone with the botanist today is because uh, we wanted to cover off the best gifts, in our opinion, for those that like to savour the sip. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we've both been celebrating birthdays the last week. We got chatting about it and we thought, you know what, that'd be a good episode because I feel like a lot of people get themselves into this situation where they you know, come around to buying a gift for someone and it can sometimes be a bit of a, a daunting prospect. Yeah, and especially if it's like, if you know you're buying a gift for someone who's into savouring the sip, if that's what we're going to call it, like, and you're not, then you're just like standing in front of the wine section of the, the off licence being like, oh my goodness, what on earth do I buy? Mm. Or you're looking at all the coffee products being like, I don't even know what a Chemex is. But there's like little little ins that I feel like you can get really nice gifts for people yeah. without having to have that kind of like in-depth knowledge yourself about mm. it. And with a few, uh, for want of a better term, hacks, these are some of the easy ways to kind of nail a gift for someone that's into sip savoring. Yeah. I'm going to start with one so that we don't actually have on our list, but it's just occurred to me, buy a voucher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're really not sure... But you know, let's say, for example, I'm buying you a gift, Nikki. I know you like whiskey. I know absolutely nothing well, about we whiskey. we got some for our wedding, didn't we? We did. And a perfect gift because then you get to go away and choose whatever you want. Great. I'll just buy you a hundred buck voucher. You do with it whatever you want. Yeah. So that's probably the one that probably should have topped the list. Yeah. Simplest gift you can get. Always a winner. As long as you know roughly what uh, genre of drink they're into, get them a voucher for that genre and you're away laughing. Yeah. The next one is a gift pack. Yeah, I think this is a lovely one because it's just, it just feels that bit more special. And then, you know, if you're, when we say gift pack, we're talking probably about like a little mini bottle and Mm. glassware. Like Daniel mentioned, the botanist does this really well. It just means that then every time the person has that drink, it feels a bit more bougie. Like Mm. then they've got a nice set of glasses that they're going to keep as well, which will probably outlast the drink, but they'll still have that memory of it. And that's a big reason why we chose the botanist is they do this particularly well. So they have gift packs where they have, again, one of these little gin minutes and then have a couple of tumblers with yeah. this Latin writing on the side and it just makes for a really beautiful gift. If you've got someone that you know likes gin, they're not going to hate that. Like, they're going to love it. But even as well, it's a lot of the more kind of like mainstream brands do it really well. Like Aperol does it beautifully. Mm. You can buy those in the supermarket often. Bailey's does it really mm. well. Guinness does like it Jack really Daniels, well. Jim Jack Beam, Daniels. Yeah. And you see a lot of them as well. I think Bailey's does one where it's like they give you a little mug and a hot chocolate and stuff as well. And it's just it's just a nice little considered gift. Oh, it just elevates just uh, elevates it above just buying the drink, right? Completely, yeah. Uh, Harris Gin is another one that does it really. In fact, I particularly Their love theirs. Their glasses are gorgeous. They've got that beautiful bottle, and then they have a, a range. They have matching um, rocks glasses, matching tumblers, matching martini, martini glasses. glasses. Yeah. Oh, they look so nice. I've got some friends that have got them, and they look really, really good. Um, so yeah, a gift pack can be an easy way to sort of bridge that gap of rather than just getting a bottle of something random, uh, getting something to go alongside that bottle, uh, a sort of gift with purchase for, for lack of a better term. Uh, another one that I quite like is getting a whiskey that just <laughs> sounds silly, but it just comes in a nice box. Yeah, that always feels a bit more bougie. Like a bottle of uh, a bottle of whiskey in, in a wee gift bag is great, but when you've got a bottle of whiskey that like just comes in like something that opens up well and just I don't know, just elevates it in, mm. a, in a really nice way. So presentation box can be an easy an easy way to get a you know to lift a gift, I suppose. Um, the other one you thought was not just buying a bottle of whiskey, but buying like tickets to a tasting. Yeah, if obviously that's a little bit location dependent, mm. but most. Most nice bars would have those kind of events on or if you lived near a distillery or anything like that or a brewery, like tickets to an actual event where it can be spoken through because I think 
one of my main events that kind of like sparked my love of whiskey or at least fueled it further was like a uh, whiskey and cheese tasting that I went to. And it just... It was just a great day out as well. Yeah, I definitely piqued my interest in whiskey. Was getting tickets to a tasting. Uh, I think I think that's a really really good gift for someone that's especially new to whiskey or like a little bit curious and, and wants, wants to, to learn, learn more. more. Yeah, 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 yeah. That can be a really good vehicle for them to sort of open that world up a wee bit. The other one you could do too is an at-home tasting. If you just get a few little miniatures, maybe four or five little, um, what are they, 15, 30 mil, yeah. 30 mil, and just get a range of them and some glassware and go around and, and host the tasting uh, for you, mate, or, yeah. or whoever. That can be quite a, a, a fun event. Or one, again, those can be ones that like you can go really bougie with it and go to those independent suppliers who like curate the tastings ooh, yeah. and like you buy the little miniature bottles or bloody like Talisker does it and you can get them in Tesco's. Mm. Remember we did that one? Yeah, we did. Where you just have the lineup from the same distillery yeah. and it's it's a great time still. This is one that I particularly like because one thing I always love with gifts is uh, rather than gifting a thing, gifting an experience. Mm, I feel yeah. like things like tastings, just they, they're, they're, they're both. You get a thing and you also get an experience and often you learn something, you have a good time. It's kind of ticks all the boxes for me. Um, another one, uh, kind of similar, I suppose, but more for the coffee drinker is gifting a subscription. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. And a lot of roasteries have started doing that as well, where you can purchase kind of upfront a three-month or a six-month subscription. Mm. It just extends the gift period as well. Yeah. Like, it means they get to experience something for so much longer, and it just tops up. They get, like, a bag maybe every every fortnight. Or a week or whatever. Whatever, whatever suits get them, their, really. yeah. Yeah, their consumption habits. In, yeah, you can have them turn up as beans. You can have them turn up ground. you can you got lots of options. I think that's a really nice one to do. You can actually do that with uh, beer as well. A lot oh, of, of course, craft, craft brewer. Beer. Yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, another one for coffee is uh, actually getting them, like, kind of similar to the whiskey tasting, but getting a coffee, like, masterclass or something. A lot of cafes um, do that. I know we've got a... We've got one in town here in Nelson, Kush Coffee, um, where I go for my my daily brew. Generally, I saw they had on the on the blackboard um, next coffee classes like next Tuesday or something like that. And you go, it goes from like half six till nine o'clock or so, and you turn up and they just sort of talk you through the history of coffee and how to do some basic brew methods. Yeah. And for someone that's a little bit curious about coffee but maybe feeling a bit overwhelmed or just needs to refine their technique, a lot of cafes are putting them on now. So that could be another really easy. Gift. I'd quite like to. To do one of them. Uh, any drink, a limited edition bottle. That's an easy go-to, isn't it? Who did we do that for? We did that for my little sister. We got oh, her a Harris limited gin. edition bottle of Harris Gin. The Kaylee bottle. Yeah, it was just beautiful. And it was like mm. a miniature and it was a clay bottle. It was glazed, gorgeous. And then it it's a keepsake. It's a, yeah. it's a vase after that. Yeah. But it's just that wee bit more special than picking your bottle off the shelf yeah so that's for someone that you kind of know roughly what they're into you know, or at least say, like what spirit they drink or something yeah say you know someone particularly likes drinking uh for lack of a better example baileys right and you see oh baileys has got this new limited edition flavor out great there you go easy yeah. job done uh, so that's quite a simple one uh if we move on to something like wine lots of options you could do here simplest one buy someone a case of wine like, can't go wrong with that. Um, a tasting or a tour are the other options as well. Yeah, again, you're a little bit location dependent for mm. those, but most nice wine bars would do a tasting. Yeah. And I think it's the same same kind of premise as the whiskey tasting. It's like, you're, you learn something, it's an experience. Mm. I like personally getting a case of wine. 
my parents often do this for us. Mm. Like they know that we drink re- red wine, so they just buy us a case. Oh, shout out to! I got one down here. Oh yeah, from actually, my little brother. Thanks very much, Luke. Uh, got us a few bottles from Craggy Range up Hawks Bayway. So looking forward to trying them. Um, another one uh, that we thought was, uh, and this one requires a little bit of hands-on work. I know you can get pre-bought ones, but if you really want to make it personalised and quite special, is put together a hamper. I love this. Yeah, I think this is really nice. We're meaning sort of like if you get someone a nice bottle of wine, maybe get them some cheese and some mm. bread to go along with it. And this is where going to like independent wine shops and stuff helps because yeah. you can just say, look, I know they really like whatever wine, Sauvignon or whatever. Um, what would you recommend to pair that with? And they can tell you, oh, go to this place, get this cheese. It yeah. goes dynamite. And then you do that, job done. And all of a sudden you've given like whoever you're gifting a whole evening's entertainment mm, mm. rather than just the bottle. Yeah, whiskey and chocolate can be another good one too. Like mm. get someone a, a nice bottle of whiskey or something you know they're into and like quite a bougie sort of chocolate. Or get them, get them the gin, the tonic, the suggested garnish. Like, I think that's always quite nice, a little bit of, like, a deconstructed drink Mm. to get. And it doesn't even need to be anything fancy either. Fuck, if you know someone that's got really simple taste, get them a box of spades and a bag of crisps. Job done. Um, Back on to beer. Um, Craft beer subscription we kind of mentioned already, but the other one, uh, we brew tour. That's fun, yeah. Is there not one that's done quite a lot around here? Look, there's a couple of different ways you can do this, right? So if you've got a brewery nearby, get them a tour at the brewery. Super simple. You know, whether it's Guinness, Tenants wherever doesn't really matter um look around a brewery is always fun especially if you get to try a few drinks along the way uh one that we've done in the past that oh, i bloody love this one um we have a bar here in, in nelson um what's well, throughout new zealand now but originated here in nelson called the spring and fern and i think they've got like seven or so pubs around the region they're a brewery though they're a brewery yeah. and one uh one birthday i think it was uh, a friend emma's birthday we got a big group of people together and did a tour of the Sprig and Fern pubs and we kind of had a theme and we all had to dress up a certain way and had you know allocated drivers for the day and things like that but if you can pull a, pull a few strings get some people involved figure out a driver for the day to take you around a few different bars or distilleries or whatever it is you're into it can be a really really fun day out and I suppose that leads us into the final thing that we wanted to say on the topic is and we've already mentioned it if you can try and create an experience because that is such a rewarding gift to give someone isn't it and i think that's why savoring the sip kind of themed gifts Mm. are so good is because you're not just gifting this one-time consumption thing you're gifting multiple experiences and memories you know things that you'll remember for a long time that example i just gave of that spring and fern pub crawl that we did that was like nine or so years ago and I remember it like it was yesterday phenomenal day out cool memory Mm. so lots of options for you there if you are looking at buying someone a gift and it's someone that you happen to know uh, does enjoy savouring the sip whether whiskey or wine or coffee or gin or whatever it happens to be a few wee tips and tricks or hacks for a uh, lack of a better term that hopefully will help you um, get them away something special next time they've got something special on the cards Time now for our booze and brews news. A couple of weeks worth of news to catch up on. Nikki, what have you got for us today? So planning permission has been granted for the 12th Isla Distillery. Ooh, that's very exciting. And this is by the Isla Boys, which is owned by Mackie Smith and Donald McKenzie. And they have announced a partnership with uh, Ian McLeod and the distillery will be known as Lagan Bay Distillery. Lagan Bay. Do we know where Lagan Bay is? Yeah, I believe it's going in uh, opposite the airport right. and it is on the edge of Lagan Bay. Hold that thought. Uh, I'm just going to find a wee map here of where are we? Europe. 
Europe, Spain, Ireland, Scotland, Isla. I just want to kind of get a bit of a feel for where this is. Sorry, so where are you saying that's going in? Opposite the airport. Opposite the airport. Okay, I think I know exactly where that is. Yep, I do. There's a whole heap of peat bogs around there, isn't there? I think so. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I mean, it's Isla, so peat everywhere. Again, just pushing the message of sip sensibly, which we do encourage if you're drinking, but I vividly remember somewhere on that road, I threw up on myself um, after a day of drinking whiskey and not eating enough food. So if you are doing a tour of Isla, let this be your public service announcement. Eat some bloody bread or something. Have a bacon butty to start with. Let's move on. So a behavioural scientist has been sharing how restaurant music can influence your drinking. So music is often used as a contextual cue to influence the speed at which you eat and also how long you stay, how much you spend and thus how much you tend to drink. So he explained that depending on the time of day, a restaurant may play upbeat music, fast paced songs to encourage you to eat quicker. And this can be used during like lunch hours or periods where they might be busier. But that can also encourage you to drink more quickly as well. Restaurants may also play a slower paced music during the evening service to encourage you to settle in for the night and spend more time and thus more money Mm. and drink more. But also that upbeat music we mentioned earlier for the lunch that can make people drink more quickly as well. And also louder music can encourage people to drink more quickly because they tend to be less engrossed in the conversation with people around them because you can't hear them properly. So you're kind of shouting. There's a whole heap of it. Like as you're explaining that, I'm thinking of other factors that they probably employ that are quite subliminal. You know, like if someone's got an open fireplace, they're going to sell so much more red wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Like they, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of science that could go into that it can also get a little bit yeah a little bit sinister yeah. when you think you're like you think you're in control whenever you walk into one of those places you are not yeah, i'm never gonna listen to a song in a bar the same now <laughs> and you could soon own an apartment in the guinness brewery so guinness has announced a partnership with a property developer which plans to open more than 300 apartments inside st james's gate brewery The developer, which is Ballymore, says it's working closely with Diageo, who own Guinness on the plans, and it would see the Dublin 8 neighbourhood become home to the Guinness Quarter, which is described as a world-class, modern and dynamic urban neighbourhood. The proposal includes plans for apartments, hotel accommodation, a flexible use space that could be used for performances, landscaped gardens, a food hall, a marketplace, and a 2,000-space bicycle car park, along with commercial workspaces. Diageo and Ballymore have stated that their aim is to make the complex Dublin's first operational zero-carbon district. And I bet you it outprices bloody Temple Bar, two to one. (laughs) It sounds, I feel, maybe it's just the use of the word district, but it just makes me feel Hunger Games vibes. Yeah, I don't know. As you were explaining it, I was like, oh, imagine having that many people like going through your bloody suburb on their way to the, or, you know, stumbling out of the Guinness factory and and all that sort of thing. But actually, as you're explaining it, as you're explaining it, I'm like, that would be pretty good. Airbnb's in there. I imagine we're going to go for a bloody premium. Oh, it'll just be bought up by people who are going to holiday home it and then make a mint off tourism. No doubt. Like most of Dublin, to be <laughs> fair. Uh, and that is our booze and brews news for this week. Thank you so much, Nikki. Moving on now to our Instagram question for the week. This week's question, we have said it, we're going to do it, we're going to stick to it. Next week's episode, we're going to talk about bloody the best packaging for bottles, in our opinion, obviously. Our favourite packaged uh, bottles of whiskey, wine, whatever. 
So our question this week is going to be on the topic of packaging. And if you have a particular, if you feel a particular way about a bottle of gin or whiskey or wine or or beer, breweries branding as well, fucking whatever, any kind of packaging, if you feel quite strongly about it, we want to hear from you. We're going to post the question a couple of times this week, and we just want to know, in your opinion, what is the best packaging of any bottle of anything really we just want to hear them all so do share those with us you can follow us on instagram at sips with the tips uh, you can also get in touch by our email which is the tips at sips with the tips.com and that's the last call bell for week uh, what was seven? seven i think seven yeah. yeah it's kind of that last week off sort of threw me a wee bit but uh, last call for week seven of sips with the tips thank you so much for joining us for listening in hope you've enjoyed um hope that our gift tips today have helped you along if you've got someone that you're buying something special for in the foreseeable future um and again yeah just thanks so much for getting involved uh, for any feedback in the weeks ahead and yeah lovely having you listening Today's show was brought to you by moving into a rental property with established fruit trees and enjoying a year of free garnishes for your drinks. Sips with the Tips is written, recorded and produced by us. Theme music by All Good Folks via Upbeat.io. Keep in contact at our website, sipswiththetips.com or through our Instagram at sipswiththetips.com. And as always, sip sensibly, savour the sip, and we'll see you next Sunday.